Hello, America. I'm Robert Reese, and welcome to CEO Show. We're here today with Dr. Greg Campbell. How are you, Greg? I'm doing great, Robert. Thank you for having me. And Greg is the CEO of VGrid. What's interesting is he's built several companies in the past, but you joined VGrid, and it's really a potential game changer in the entire area of climate change. Talk about why you joined and what the concept of VGrid is. As you said, I've been successful a couple of times with startups that went public and then were acquired. And I did about 12 years of nonprofit work, which was very meaningful. But the opportunity of VGrid was something you could basically really lean into and make a real difference. And so at this stage of my life, I wanted to work on something really meaningful. And VGrid has the possibility not only to slow down the rate of CO2 emissions into the atmosphere, but actually reduce the amount of CO2 emissions in the atmosphere and potentially reverse climate change. Those are big words. When we talk about reducing, that's fine. But when you talk about turnaround and maybe sequestering carbon from from the atmosphere, how do you do that? Well, we let nature do it for us. In fact, we have living examples all around us. And what's amazing about trees and plants is, is that when they're growing, they are actually absorbing CO2 and through a process of photosynthesis, turning that into oxygen. That's how we get our oxygen. And the carbon is stored in the plant in the form of organic molecules, carbon, oxygen, and hydrogen. And so during the life of that plant, that carbon is sequestered. A little bit is given back when the leaves fall off and the branches fall off. Uh, and ultimately, when the tree finishes its life, all of that carbon goes back up into the atmosphere as CO2 through decomposition or, heaven forbid, now in California through wildfires. And so that's what I call a carbon-neutral cycle, where the tree itself absorbs the CO2 while it's living and then gives it all back uh, when it dies and decomposes or burns. So what exactly does VGrid do? Explain that. So VGrid basically taps into that energy that's stored into that tree. Anybody who's made a campfire knows that when you heat up logs, it gives off a lot of heat. That's the energy that's being released from the carbon-carbon bonds in the biomass or the wood. And what we do is we do a controlled burn inside an airtight vacuum vessel, and we limit the amount of oxygen that the fire can get. And as a result of that, we produce hydrogen and CO, carbon monoxide gases, which we then feed into an internal combustion engine that's specifically designed for that gas, and we turn an alternator and generate electricity. And what's left over is a very porous, high surface area form of carbon that has many, many uses. How can this be used operationally? So the advantage of bioenergy, as I call it, is that it's a demand source. So as long as I feed the biofuel into the generator, it will generate electricity, and that could be 24 hours a day, seven days a week. As opposed to solar or wind, where you need the sun shining on the solar panel and the photons convert into electrons, or you need the wind blowing, turning a turbine and converting that into electricity, the bioenergy is on demand, which is what our utilities and grids need. They need a demand source of, of energy. Is anyone else doing that? Yes, there are. So people have been using bioenergy for quite some time, uh, but it's usually in a large centralized power plant scale 
where they're basically creating a fire in atmosphere and using the heat to boil water and then drive the steam through steam turbines. So they're big, large, expensive, inefficient uh, power plants. What we've done is we've created a mobile unit on a car trailer uh, that you can wheel into an almond orchard in Central Valley, California, for instance, and take the tree prunings, run them through the machine, and then make electricity and power the deep well pump that pumps the irrigation water to water the trees. That's fascinating because you're taking something and you're making it, in a sense, mobile instead of like a giant computer. It's like, as an analogy, you're making everyone having a home computer, in a sense, that potential, right? Yes. um, We're taking the generator to the biomass where it's generated, as opposed to having to transport large amounts of biomass to a centralized plant, which is just very inefficient. Our business model is, first in the agricultural space, we go to the the end user farmer grower who has very high electricity costs here in California, and we say to the farmer grower, look, we'll give you electricity at a reduced amount. And so we sell the electricity as a service. The farmer or grower only pays as he consumes it, and we're able to do that because we own the machine. They don't have to put any money up front. We operate the machine so they don't have to hassle with it. And then we take the carbon byproduct and we monetize that through carbon products. And that's what allows the business model to work. That is really fascinating. So who would your clients be? Our first clients are farmers or growers in Central Valley, California. So almond growers, dairy farmers, anybody who uses a large amount of electricity. And so in California, we have drought. And growers need to pump water from two, three, four, up to 800 feet below the surface of the, of the ground. And that requires a lot of energy to move that water up that distance. Or in a dairy farm, uh, you have a lot of energy, frankly, being used to cool the cows in the hot summer. So they're blowing fans on them when the temperature gets above 72 degrees and they're spraying misters on them so that they don't get sick. So here's one one question. I want to talk soon about your your goals in five years, how you're going to scale globally. But I I remember I was interviewing maybe about seven, eight years ago, the CEO of um, Interface, I believe. It's the largest carpet company that is, they decided to become carbon neutral. It's about 20 years ago, the first one to do that, Ray Anderson. And, um, And they said there's technology to sequester carbon Actually, that will be coming from the sky and bring it back from the atmosphere. Yes. So you you raise an important point. There are companies that have very large scale fans, basically, that suck in the air. And then they have filters with liquid resins on them that capture the CO2. And then they trap that CO2 and they pump it down into the ground to, quote, store it. Unfortunately, it's not very economical. Nobody wants to spend the money to do it. And in fact, the only use they've really got commercially of that CO2 is to pump it into fracking wells to help aerify the oil in order to pump the oil easier. So in a weird way, we're sort of accelerating climate change by sucking the CO2 out of the air, but then accelerating the rate of pumping of oil out of the ground. Interesting. But are you able to, how are you actually reversing So let's talk about carbon positive, carbon neutral, and carbon negative. Carbon positive is when you take a fossil fuel, which is coal or peat or oil, uh, that's down in the ground and has been down there for millions of years. That's sequestered carbon. 
has come from dead life forms, okay? And we extract that out of the ground, we combust it by adding oxygen, and we emit CO2. So we're taking carbon from the ground and putting it in the atmosphere that's positive carbon. Wind or solar is emissionless. So the, the sun hits the panel, it converts electricity, and there's no emission of any CO2. We call that carbon neutral. Even though there is a carbon footprint associated with making the panel or the wind turbine. V-Grid's bioenergy solution is carbon negative because as I had described earlier, the tree itself captures the carbon dioxide. It stores the carbon in the tree. Talk about what your growth plan is over the next five years and how you plan to scale this. The bioserver itself, that's the machine that converts the biomass into electricity and carbon, can generate 100 kilowatts electric. And it produces about 40 pounds an hour of carbon. So if you run it for 20 hours a day, you're essentially producing 800 pounds of carbon per day per machine. The machine is mobile. It's on a car trailer, so it can be wheeled around. And it's also quite modular. So you can stack multiple machines next to each other, like a server farm for computers. And therefore, you can expand to one megawatt electric. And the machines are designed to synchronize with the grid. So you can plug them into the grid and basically net meter electricity back into the grid and get the customer's electricity consumption to be net zero. The unit economics, as I mentioned, the business model is that we would own the machine and we would operate the machine, so there's no cost to the customer. We take a look at their annual electricity bill, which in California is quite high, and we haircut it so that they get an immediate savings. We basically charge the customer for electricity at a discounted rate. And let me use the number 12 cents per kilowatt hour. So every hour that you generate 100 kilowatts with one machine, you earn $12. And then we can do this because we can sell the valuable carbon byproduct. The valuable carbon byproduct can be used as a toxin binder in livestock feed. Uh, it can also be used as an odor eliminator. It absorbs odor. It can be used as a water filter. Um, it can also be used in health and beauty products. You see carbon toothpaste today. And so by monetizing the byproduct of carbon, we can afford to offer the discounted electricity to the, to the customer. And there you have it. We've been speaking with Dr. Greg Campbell, the CEO of VGrid. And this is the way we can turn around global warming. We're here today with Dr. Greg Campbell, and Greg is the CEO of VGrid, and it's really a potential game changer in the entire area of climate change. So everyone listening in, you 600,000 entrepreneurs here, this is where entre I, I speak all the time with CEOs, and they, they build these multi-billion dollar companies, and they started from nothing with just a great idea, and here is truly a great idea. So I, I want to ask you just about environmental policy. You're involved. Yeah. What is the state of that right now, and where does VGrid fit into that? I think we're in a very good position. I think, you know, the Biden administration rejoined the Paris Climate Accord, which is a good thing. Um, I think all most companies have zero carbon plans by 2030 or so. So the corporations, I think, are really stepping up. Um, the government's really stepping up. So I think a lot of money is going to be thrown at, 
at basically reducing the amount of CO2 emissions. But I really want to draw everybody's attention to the fact that, okay, today, with the amount of CO2 we currently have in the atmosphere, we have about a one, little over one degree centigrade rise in temperature from pre-industrial. And we see the impact of that, right? We need to not only hold it there, the Paris Accord wants to hold it to limit it to two degrees, but I think we need to basically reduce it. And so we really need to focus on initiatives that reduce the amount of CO2. And I want to commend the, uh, the one trillion tree, one, one There's a massive tree planting program that's being supported by a number of corporations. Planting more trees that we've unfortunately ripped out in our past will help reduce the amount of CO2 uh, from the atmosphere. And V-Grid can step in and, and short circuit those trees, putting the, putting the CO2 back up when they die. Let's talk about your technology model. How does that work? And, and let's even talk about things like artificial intelligence. And you're not, you're not I know, a technologist. You are, you are a plasma expert. But talk about that. Now, actually, I started my work my undergrad. I studied energy generation, thermodynamics, fluid mechanics. So it's all kind of coming back home to roost because combustion science is thermodynamics. But essentially, we're, we're trying to solve a very tough problem. We're using a technology called gasification, and that is the combustion of a biomass material with limited oxygen. In other words, not enough oxygen to fully burn. So if I put a pile of logs here in the campfire and I light it, it will get all the oxygen it needs to fully burn, and you'll be left over with gray ash, which is the mineral content in the wood. But if I put a lid over it and I suck all the air out and I just bleed in a little bit of oxygen, I won't fully combust it. What will happen is the partial combustion will give me combustion products, which are water vapor and carbon dioxide, but there's hot carbon left over. The exothermic combustion reaction heats that carbon up to about 1,300 degrees centigrade, and that hot carbon is a very active chemical surface. So it splits the water molecule into hydrogen, and the remaining oxygen atom grabs a carbon and makes CO, and then the CO2 molecule splits and creates two CO molecules. So that ongoing reaction between the combustion byproducts and the hot carbon creates a very porous, on a micro scale, form of carbon. And that form of carbon, as we said previously in the segment, has many, many uses due to its very high surface area. Gasification actually was looked at during World War II and post-World War II as a form of energy generation in the case of what if our whole grid was knocked out by the Soviet Union? So a lot of people looked at, we've got to grow food, so we've got to provide farmers with energy. So there's a lot of work done on gasification. And it, for lack of a better word, stuck because it was very difficult to keep the air flowing through the gasifier. And so what we've done is we have designed a pretty intricate um, system of measuring pressure and temperature so we can know when things are starting to slow down. And then we have activation techniques like a sliding grate mechanism and a shaker mechanism to keep things moving. And you mentioned artificial intelligence. I, I lean more on the side of what I call machine learning, which is basically teaching the machine how to operate under a whole different host of conditions to optimize its performance. And that's what we've done on the gasifier side. 
coming out of the gasifier, those gases are dirty. They have tars and oils and carbon particles in them. And so you have to go through it, and they're very hot. They're 600 degrees centigrade. So you have to go through a series of filtering techniques in order to clean that gas up enough so that you can feed it into an internal combustion engine. We use Ford V10 truck engines uh, to turn uh, alternators and make the electricity. And that's the next level of technology that was a very, very difficult task because the gas, which is hydrogen and CO, also has a lot of nitrogen in it. And therefore, it doesn't have as much heat value as, say, natural gas or propane. And therefore, the control of the air-fuel ratio is very, very important. And we had to design a very sophisticated, for lack of a better word, carburetor in order to mix the fuels and control the air-fuel ratio in order to be able to meet the emission standards. So, Greg, you've obviously created a, a new economic model where you are able to make sense and help the planet by reversing climate change. What other types of organizations do you see that are able to create models like this? A lot of people do various as-a-service type models, so we're kind of copying that in terms of selling the electricity as a service. But I think what really differentiates us is we essentially have two products. We have the electricity, which is a commodity that you can't really change the price that much of. Uh, but we also have this carbon, which is very, very valuable. So, for instance, if we feed it to cows and saves, save calves' lives, there's a lot of value to that product. And we're, we're experiencing a pretty good uptick in sales of calf powder that you put in starter milk for raising calves. Um, but it's also a consumer product. And so we're selling it on Amazon as a cat litter deodorizer, as a horse stall deodorizer. Um, and I think our ability to work on the carbon market side of the business and provide electricity sort of differentiates us. Not many people are going to be able to do that. And let me just say um, one critical thing we're currently starting to explore. We're having some success on Amazon and Shopify, but we really want to get into mainline retail. We're looking for a retail partner to private label our products. And as I mentioned earlier, carbon can be used for beauty products like charcoal masks for women, toothpaste, uh, deodorant, shampoo. It can be used as an anti-hangover pill because it'll remove the toxins that are in your, in your stomach. Uh, and it can be used as a soil amendment as well as a water filter or air purifier. So there's many, many different products that come out we need a retail partner to co-develop these products and, and fan them out in retail. What is the website if someone wants to investigate? vgridenergy.com. Great having you on the show. Thank you very much.